We bring on Ben Portnoy, who covers South Carolina and the SEC uh, for the state newspaper. And all right, I, I need you. I need, need your advice. I think more than anything with this, Ben, because you've obviously seen a lot of the SEC. PJ has almost convinced me that Ohio State can beat Georgia in the national semifinal game. Should I bet on Ohio State to beat Georgia, or is it a waste of my money? <laughs> Based on what I saw out of Georgia and Columbia about three months ago now, I, I think that's a little crazy. But, you know, crazier things have happened. That's part of college football. But, man, I mean, the way Georgia's playing and the way they've, they've looked compared to everyone else in the country, I mean, it, it's it's a wrecking ball right now. So I'm, I'm still on the Bulldogs to win the national championship. We'll see what happens, Ben. I can't wait for that game, man. I'm still riding with Ohio State. Another team you've seen up close and personal this year is Tennessee. They got a good matchup against Clemson in the Orange Bowl. What are your thoughts on that one? We get a look at uh, Joe Mills Milton against that Tiger defense. I'm really fascinated by this game because, you know, when you watched Clemson a couple of weeks ago, and, and obviously it's a little bit of a different story with Kate Klubnick at quarterback compared to DJ, but, I mean, it was just really unimpressive. And, I mean, look, like, credit to South Carolina. They made things interesting and made things difficult. Spencer Rattler had a really good day for the most part. But, I mean, Clemson's offense looked like a problem. Um, You know, it was a liability, frankly. And I think that the way that they took it, you know, South Carolina was able to score on that defense and and kind of the things that they did offensively. Like, I think Tennessee's going to have a shot to win this game by, you know, if not a score, two scores. I I really think the Vols have a good shot here. And I think, I know Jalen Hyatt's not playing and Cedric Tillman isn't playing and Obviously, Hendon Hooker's out for the season, but, you know, I still like what Joe Milton brings to the table that, you know, folks in Knoxville have been talking about sort of his maturation over the last few years uh, after leaving Michigan and how much better he's gotten as a player. So we'll see. I I, I don't, I guess you guys would know better than I would. I think the line's still on Clemson, but I, I don't really buy that. I think Tennessee's the better team. You know, I, I got to be honest with you, man. By the way, Clemson's a five and a half point favorite over Tennessee uh, in that game, Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one of the biggest disappointments for me this year was watching Hendon Hooker get hurt and Tennessee essentially kind of fall off the map. Um, I, I really wanted to see them get to at least the college football playoff, just at least play in a game. Just one to just have a different program in there too. But just Hendon Hooker and the, that offense was so much fun to watch. What's the future of that? Short term future of that program as you know they turn the clock over to next year. Yeah, it is interesting. I think that, you know, it's easy to obviously be disappointed with the way the season ended with Hendon Hooker getting hurt and losing the way they did to South Carolina, frankly. I mean, that was not a pretty game. Tennessee really got run all, you know, pretty much got run all over and Spencer Rattler threw the ball all over the yard. And it was just, it was certainly something that I didn't expect coming into that one. I think I had Tennessee winning that game by about 55 points. So I definitely didn't expect that. But, uh, but no, I mean, I think when you look at Tennessee and what they've been over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, they, they they needed a year like this, right? One where you felt like things were going in the right direction and it wasn't just a flash in the pan. And I think that, you know, when you look what they're going to bring back and, yeah, you're going to lose some big pieces. But I think they're positioned well under Josh Heupel and what they do offensively. It's just so hard to game plan for. Uh, I think they're going to be okay long term. Yeah, Ben, the team that you cover, obviously, South Carolina. What an end they had to the regular season. Won that game against Tennessee. They beat Clemson. How big were those t- two wins for Shane Beamer and the program, especially heading into this game against Notre Dame? Well, it's crazy. You know, South Carolina went into Florida 6-3, and three, uh, had just lost a game to Missouri, and, and things were a little bit slow and sort of murky. It was kind of like, okay, like, what's going on? What's happening here? And show up in Gainesville and just got run off the field, frankly. I mean, like, it, it's rare that a Shane Beamer team doesn't show up or doesn't show effort or, or you know, those kind of intangible, cliche things that we always talk about in college football, but, like, 
I mean, that South Carolina team was truly, like, did not show up in games. Well, it was really, really ugly. And I think that, you know, at that point, you're staring six and six square in the face. I think you're going into the last two games at six and four with Tennessee and, and Clemson to go. I mean, there was no, I mean, there'll be people that'll tell you they thought they could win those games, but I'm not sure that any of them live outside of Shane Beaver's office. So, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. And I think that, uh, you know, the way that they were able to come out and beat Tennessee and, and I mean, really run Tennessee off the field, frankly. I mean, that was a game that I think South Carolina ends up winning by about 25 points. I mean, it wasn't that close. I mean, that was a game that South Carolina could have won by 60. I mean, it, it really was. And I think that then, you know, coming back and sort of a back-and-forth game against Clemson and, and being able to eke that out, like, it showed a lot. And I think the offense started clicking. I think things started coming together. And, and you had a lot of guys in positions where they felt like they could be successful. And it's been a it's been a pretty crazy end of the year and i think you know folks here are really excited about a shot at a notre dame team but that's good but i think susceptible too talking to ben portnoy bet mgm tonight uh it's gonna be weird to not see alabama in a college football playoff game they're gonna Just have kansas to go state there. yeah Just i did had i had there. to pj how do you feel about that you yeah, okay i'm, I'm not you looking good? forward to it. i know it's been so tough for you guys never win anything in I alabama never. it's been really bad it's been hard for pj <laughs> he's not used to you know see alabama's never won anything for him so it's just another year of failure uh, but it's funny because, like, at the same time, they play Kansas State on Saturday. Alabama's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I've heard some people say, oh, well, they could be bored because they're going to go out there and they're used to playing in more meaningful games. This is a Nick Saban team. Bryce Young's even playing when he doesn't have to. He could be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Uh, do you expect Alabama to go out there and just put a whooping on Kansas State? Or can Kansas State get within, you know, within a touchdown in this game? You know, P- PJ, I was going to say, if you need help coping with postseasons that are uh, less than ideal, uh, as an Indiana grad, I can, I, I've got a lot of experience. <laughs> I'll give you that, a call, but... Ben. I'll give you a call. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I think to actually answer your question, I think that, you know, when you look at what Alabama's been this year, I, you know, I, I frankly, I really like K-State in this game. Like, they're really disciplined. They're really physical. They run the football. Uh, you know, it hasn't really mattered who was a quarterback for them, the way that that offense has run. And, and they've got some really nice wins this year. I mean, they've pretty clearly were, you know, if not the best, the best team in the Big 12 most of the year, and then obviously won the conference championship game. Like, I really like Kansas State in this game. Um, and I think that, you know, not that Alabama's, you know, down or that Nick Saban's, end, you know, era is ending and all that. Like, I don't think it's bad. I just think that, you know, it's an off year and programs have off years and things weren't quite as good as they've been at Alabama, but. Uh, you know, it's still a ten and two team. It's still a team that's stacked five stars on top of five stars and all the above. And there's still plenty of talent there. And obviously, Bryce Young's going to play. You know, we'll see. But uh, I think that this is a uh, this is still. I think it's still an interesting matchup, just because I do think it's a Kansas State team that, that feels like it's in a more I don't know better headspace at least heading into it. Not to read between the lines too too much. As a college football fan, I'm just I'm happy that Bryce Young and Will Anderson are playing one more time. It's gonna it's gonna be good to see them out there. Ben, I want to get your thoughts on Mississippi State, Illinois. Before you were covering for South Carolina, you were down in Starkville at Mississippi State. Obviously, just some tragic, tragic news with Mike Leach and Mississippi State deciding to play in this bowl game. Illinois is not gonna have their top running back, Chase Brown, in this game. Um, but what are your thoughts on Mississippi State, Illinois? And I know you got to cover Coach Leach. For a year, it is any good stories that you have from your time covering him? <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'll start there. It's funny. I was, uh, you know, when I was getting ready to leave Starkville in April, April of 2021, uh, I was actually going to get a haircut. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the place I got a haircut, you know, the, the woman who cut my hair always mentioned, she was like, oh, yeah, like Coach Leach comes in here from time to time. Like he gets his haircut here or whatever. 
I was like, oh, that's so fun, whatever. And we had discussed this before. And I, I remember walking in there and I was thinking, you know, I'm moving probably a week after this. And I thought, man, it'd be really weird if like this was the one time that Mike showed up at the same time as I did, right? And this is at like, you know, 2.30 on a Monday. Like, I don't think I was even still working my last job at that point. I was sort of in between before getting starting my next one. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there for about 15 minutes and then all of a sudden with his coffee in his hand, his flip-flops and his cargo shorts, Mike walks in. And we are the only two people in, in this barber shop, uh, hanging out, chatting, and uh, yeah. So the last uh, the last time I saw Mike in Starkville, anyway, I saw him a little bit a couple of times after that. But the last time I saw Mike in Starkville was uh, we got our haircut. So it's uh, it's definitely a fun little uh, fun little memory I have and, and moment. And uh, you know, I, I you know there are definitely folks who are closer with Mike than I was, but you know, spent a lot of time around Mike and, and the folks on that staff and just a really, really tough thing to be going through right now. But, um, you know, as far as the game goes, uh, definitely exciting. I think it's an interesting one. I mean, for a million different re- reasons, but I, I think Mississippi state's going to show up in that game. I mean, I really like Zach Arnott. I think a lot of him, uh, I think he was going to be a head coach sooner than later. Uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how Mississippi state comes out, just given all that they've, you know, had to deal with over the last couple of weeks and, uh, but I do think that that's a really, really good Mississippi State team and one that I think was, you know, maybe a little bit underrated most of the year. Had, had a few losses here or there that weren't great, but but that's a good team and a, and a really good defense that, that doesn't necessarily get talked about as much as it probably should given how good the offense has been and the air raid and everything else. But uh, I really like Mississippi State in that one. Ben, got about 90 seconds with you here. I do want to at least look ahead to the NFL draft just slightly with a couple of prospects. Will Levis was put out. Uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. had him as the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, you know, there's Anthony Richardson. They're talking about him being a first-round pick. What do you think of those two guys and their future prospects in the NFL? It's super interesting. The thing with Levis, I, I get why scouts sort of salivate over him, and I think and this probably ties in Anthony Richardson as well a little bit, right? Like, the tools are there. You see the physicality, the way they can throw a football the athleticism all those things but like with Levis it just it feels like a stretch for me now again like I'm not a talent evaluator I'm not a scout I'm not coming over hours and hours of film but you know you watch Levis and, and the arm strength is there but like the accuracy numbers have been sort of up and down there's just some questions I have with the whole thing and, and I'm really curious to see how this I, I'm really curious to see how both those guys become turn into as pros. Now, I think Anthony Richardson, like he's got a better arm than I think people realize. I mean, he's he really can be a gunslinger. Like he's got as strong an arm and it's any as anyone. Um, but the accuracy has been really, really bad, and he looked really bad throwing the football against South Carolina. Uh, I'm really curious how those guys evolve as prospects because I'm a little bit skeptical. I mean, me too. We could have four or five quarterbacks drafted in the first round. I mean, no teams in the NFL always are looking for quarterbacks, uh, but it doesn't mean that it always works out, especially when you reach, as has happened far, far too often. He's Ben Portnoy at bportnoy15 on Twitter. Give him a follow. Great stuff. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much.